Hi, I'm Sophie. Hi, I'm Paul. And we are SP Film Viewers. And today's film that Sophie will be talking about is Pulp Fiction. Yep, so it came out in 1994. Yeah, so a couple of years after Reservoir Dogs, which we've reviewed previously. What's your first impressions, really, before we go into... Oh, um, it's light-hearted, but not. You have to concentrate. Because it flits a lot back and forth. It is a good movie, but it's kind of like little shorts film, even though it's all one film. Yeah, it's sort of broken up into segments. And it's not in order. No. So it's a little bit like a bit of a head scratch of how the order should be. Because you know me, I like to be organised and I like my order. And I like a good ending and a good beginning and a good middle. And this is just like a jigsaw that's been perfectly made and then somebody's kind of just gone rip and flipped it upside down and all the jigsaw pieces are the wrong way around now and one piece is missing so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's one way of looking at it yeah yeah it's not not that it's a bad way of it it is a unique style that i've not really seen before okay and i had to ask a lot of questions of like initially when i were getting into it like what's going on mm-hmm. what's what's happening who's this and I always think you've got like a main lead. Yeah, this one's more of a ensemble cast of people. You haven't really got a main lead, except maybe John Travolta and Samuel Jackson's characters. Now, I think this is strange because you did say this to me that you thought they were the lead, and I thought Bruce for a bit and became the main man as well. So I feel like there's a couple of men that have the main character. The main I... story, yeah. The... That drives the story along, yeah. I do think it's a bit like Love Actually, but at least Love Actually kind of has its same coherent... But obviously Ooh. you've got your different kind of... Yeah, but... Character story kind of going on. They That's are intertwined, but it's not the same. No, no, it's not the same, no. It's very, very, very different but from just, Love Actually. But even with Love Actually, I do feel like you do have a main character. Who's that then? The Prime Minister. No, I feel I like don't... he gets the main part. No, and... I don't see that. The big thigh. Anyway, we're not talking about Lady. love, actually. Well, we're talking about Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so we'll start... no, you see where I'm coming from, don't you? No, I don't. Sorry, I don't agree with you on that. Why? It's, it's still like the same... Oh, maybe Game of Thrones, then, where you've got like all these different houses. I think it just flits a lot, and you've got different sno- stories, but they're all interlinked. Yes, yeah, that's one. what you call an ensemble. I don't cast. know. <laughs> of, like, so that everybody sort of has the fair share of there's not one particular standout. I still in my head there there always is, but in this one there wasn't really and I always still think I have a lead even though there isn't meant to be one. There is okay. a leading part of the story that I'm more Okay, so yours is what you think is Bruce Willis's character Butch? I believe so. Right, so we'll try and dissect all these bits if we can Well, it's not try. gonna be in order anyways because no, of film course, it in I've, order. Of course not, no. But... So <laughs> From the very beginning, from what I can remember, there is this lady and Mr Orange from Reservoir Dogs yeah. in a cafe. So it's obviously not Mr Orange, it's the guy, same guy who's... But we're going to refer yeah. to him as Mr okay. Orange because we don't know, his, well I don't know his name. He's just called Pumpkin in this, he hasn't actually got a and what yeah. she, what does honey he, bunny. Honey bunny. And that annoyed me a little bit, you started calling me honey bunny. It, it, yeah, it feels a bit patronising. <laughs> So it initially it feels like they're just having a normal kind of conversation. You don't really you just in yeah, a normal just, kind you know, of in a cafe, yeah. Couple. Yeah. Until they're on about like robberies that they've done in the past. And then they're like kinda of think it's a good idea to rob a restaurant or a cafe or mm. something like that. And they think instead of planning it, just like, Oh, we'll just do it right now. Yeah. yeah go off and do it right now and not thought through with it. Mm-hmm. This part is not you feel like it's kind of been wasted at the beginning and it's not really a key part and initially I thought they were your main characters because I wasn't aware right and you kind of forget about this bit in the movie because you don't really see these characters till later on till, yeah till later on you you don't it kind of flits there and stops and you're like oh okay then so you don't even know how the robbery is gone or anything like that until quite late on in the movie yeah, so it brings full circle with them in a sense. Yeah, it does eventually, yeah. Yeah. But you just like, I'm initially yeah, when you're it, watching it, you're it, a bit like a head scratch. switches your expectations of what's going to happen yeah. or 
sometimes you're like, I'm in the future, I'm in the present, where, where, <laughs> which part am I actually meant to be <laughs> in? So then there's some quite good opening music. Yeah, very iconic. Which I referred to as the Black Eyed Peas song. And because they sampled it, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I'm not very musical either. So I don't, I didn't even know that that was actually a thing of... <laughs> not the Black Eyed Peas, I literally didn't know this. I was like, that's just the Black Eyed Peas song. That, that's just, obviously it's like an intram- intram- yeah, instrumental, instrumental yeah. piece. Yeah. Then there was, you've got Jungle Boogie. Okay. Yeah, this is when it sort of like transitions into the next scene where we meet other two characters who are listening to that song in the car radio. So then you get a really, really, really young Samuel Jackson and a chubbier version of <laughs> Danny from Greece. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Is not the Danny Zuko. Uh, yeah, he's put on a bit. Yeah, he has, yeah. And he looks haggard a little bit, isn't it? He doesn't look well. I kind of found him appealing as Danny Zuko, and then I saw him with this and long hair, and I was yeah, just Greece. like. Back yeah, 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 it was like, I'm not a big fan of this at all. So, basically, you kind of get to know a little bit of their background. And they're kind of just having a conversation while they're on the job. Yeah, again, this is again, what Tarantino likes to do in his films. He has, likes to have people having, like, meaningful conversations about certain aspects of, you know, just day-to-day stuff. And yeah, I did like that. I enjoyed that, actually. And a bit more, like, you know, explaining things for audience might not know what a TV <laughs> pilot is or whatever, but I think most people do know what that yeah. is. But yeah, but maybe not back then. Maybe, yeah. Not as much, possibly, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So he's on about, basically, they've got a boss, and at this moment you don't really know what their job is or what they kind of are entailed in. Yeah. But basically, we find out that this man was pushed off a building, and I think it might be because he gave... his their boss's man's wife a foot mm-hmm. massage. Right, yeah. So they're kind of having this confab up and down, like, oh, no, I don't think it's that. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it could be, you know, really over a foot massage. What do you think a foot massage means? Means. Yeah. Which, what does a foot massage mean to you, Paul? Not a right lot. Because <laughs> so, I'm not a fan of touching feet. So I anything. could have a random man massage my feet and it'd be okay. If it was in a professional situation, yeah. <laughs> What like about if it was pedicure. one of your friends and you wouldn't do it for me, but they would? Sound a bit weird. But... So you're on the case of like the other one saying, so you'd push a man off a building if they did massage no, my feet. No, I wouldn't that <laughs> But why would, why would you deprive me of someone massaging my feet that I don't have to pay if you're not going to do it? It's, this is just because I don't like touching people's feet, isn't it? Or having feet. That's not fair. It's not <laughs> fair. So basically, men. Don't want to touch your feet, in Paul's example, but would push a man off a building if they touched their wife's feet. That's what we've established in that yeah. conversation. Yeah. So they're then going, am I right in saying they're going to, does it go to the diner part? No, it doesn't, no. It doesn't, no. no it goes in, into that, um, where there's like these young boys. An apartment with a, some of the best dialogue is in the it, film. It is quite funny, actually. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is really, really good. John DeVolta does nothing in this scene. Stands in the corner. He it's... looks at the briefcase where they're getting collecting this, uh, what's what's referred to in the in films and books as a MacGuffin. Have you heard that term before? No. Uh, a MacGuffin is like an object or a device in a film or a book, which is like used to move the plot along, but the, it's no real relevance to the audience of what it is. So you mean there might have been nothing in the briefcase and we didn't know what's in the briefcase? Well, you see, when he looks in the briefcase, don't you? It's like this gold light, but we don't know what he's actually looking at. And True. and we don't need to, it's none of our concern, but it's just to move the story along. What did you think were in the suitcase? Money? Well, or diamonds a, a, or a gold bars or something by this this way it's shimmering, but it could be a I don't something know. wealth, isn't it? That's that, that's all I established with it. Was like it's money or something that's worth a hell of a lot. Could be a golden gun so for all I know. But... That word would be in the dictionary. McGuffin. 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 Well, certainly if you type in Google, it comes up. I don't know if it's actually a. How have you come across that word? word. I use it in like Hitchcock films as a plot point as well. Hmm. I did not know that. Anyone else that didn't know that, please let me know, because unless I'm just really uneducated, which obviously I am, because this is why we do these film th- reviews. 
So, he's quite, he's not really, he's quite humorous with it. And he's not really, like, if I were interrogated by him, I would laugh. <laughs> well. Which wouldn't go well. Well, it would not go well. With his lines he was saying, it is quite humorous. Yeah, yeah, and it's it is quite funny. You do kind of get to see that they have the briefcase and it kind of stops there. Does it? Do they shoot? They have a shootout, yeah. They have a shootout, don't they? Well, not a shootout as such, because he's him and John Travolta shooting him at work before he delivers his was it Ezekiel 25 passage from the Bible before yeah. it is the, the, the actual yeah. murdering yeah. Yeah. yeah which I think is quite apt isn't it really it's like that's not how God would want you to yeah. go about life is kind of quote a yeah. verse from the Bible and, and then, then shoot somebody it doesn't justify it does it no, no. just makes it and seem cool and they shoot and... everyone apart from one guy yeah and then then it'll cut to introduction of bruce willis's character butch talking to marcellus wallace about like flunking a, the boxing match at the end of going down in the last round to get the winnings for the mm-hmm. match and then obviously you get samuel jackson and john Travolta walking in being like, well, who's this? Who's this guy? Kind of thing, and you can tell that they've changed their clothes yeah. in this scene, but you don't actually know why, why they're in t-shirts, yeah, and shorts. So it's like, yeah. oh, that's a bit weird. You're in suits before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's what's going on? And then they're joking about the fact that John Travolta's having to take out the boss, Marcella's wife, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, well, don't be giving a foot massage and such because you know you might get pushed off a building." Obviously, John Travolta is like trying to take it quite seriously, and not want anything to go wrong because he, if he does, it'll be it'll be his life on the line basically. Mm-hmm. Now, this was my favorite part, if I'm honest. Him taking out his boss's wife. Yeah. I really enjoyed the characterization of this part, and I did think I really liked actually the wife of the yeah. character. She was quite amusing to me actually. Yeah. I think she had quite a bit of more character building in comparison to other ones you kind of got to know her a bit more she was a bit kooky yes a little bit yeah <laughs> obviously they kind of didn't end up getting along quite well so he turns up at her house yeah before this point though he'd just been to get some drugs from his dealer oh yeah, yeah. so he's got some in his pocket i think for later but he's shooting up in the car already (laughs) I think more just like a little bit of a calm relief because he's probably a bit stressed about the fact that he's got to take out his boss's wife and he's hoping that it's going to go well so she beeps him in through like the telecom thing and she's like talking to him like then on a surveillance cam yeah yeah but then when he comes in she's still talking like on the antenna and like make yourself comfortable get a drink and she's watching how he is, what he's doing, what kind of character he is. She's kind of sussing him out before she actually meets him. Mm-hmm. And she comes down the stairs. Yeah, because they cut to a shot of her feet. Mm-hmm. I like which, that shot. <laughs> which is, again, another Tarantino thing. He seems to have a f- foot fetish. But I thought it was quite funny because it linked him straight away with the foot massage. Yeah, good point, yeah. So I quite like yeah. that the first thing you kind of actually saw yeah. of her was obviously you saw like a lip, you didn't yeah. see her actual her face, face then you saw her feet. Next shot, yeah. So I quite like that. <laughs> I thought it was quite clever the way you did it. Yeah, so then they pull up the next shot to this place called Jack Rabbit Slims where they go for their food. So it's like an American diner but yeah. you've got like Marilyn Monroe, Waitress and... Buddy Holly and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, and they're sat in like a car which has got a table in the middle. There is it's like typical American diner so she orders like a burger and a milkshake five dollar milkshake five dollar milkshake back then that must have been extortionate yeah um, it's, it's five you get a milkshake for five dollars or five pounds these days yes so, exactly so, so it must be really expensive back then <laughs> must be really good then mm. but it's have it that value yeah so you can see that the conversation at this point is kind of a bit stretched and a bit harder between the two characters, he's not really let his guard down too much. No. He's still knowing that it's he's kind of on a date with his boss's wife, pretty much, which is a bit awkward. More or less, yeah. And he's never met her before and such, so it is a bit strange. And she's kind of a bit of a free spirit and a bit 
flirtatious. Mm-hmm. So she's said to him, basically, I'm going to go to the bathroom and if you could think of something to say to me. Yeah, because you mentioned about comfortable silences that we all feel we need to fill the void with mindless chit-chat just to fill silence because it's, we don't, as people, we don't really tend to like sitting, not saying anything. Unless you're really comfortable with somebody, then you can probably feel that way. But I notice myself sometimes if I'm not in a comfortable situation, I will just yabber yabber on and talk. But like with me and you, I can feel comfortable in our silence and I can sit and not no, I'm just saying, yeah. to talk to you. <laughs> no, I don't see a problem with that because it is good when you have that you know, that ability to do that. So Yeah. Yeah. Got something good going on. Mm-hmm. So there was a twist contest which this kind of refers back to how I knew about Pulp Fiction, to be honest. Yeah, because you said you'd seen it on a Strictly Come Dancing um, dance where somebody did the... Uh, did, what was the... Mo- it was movie week, so it was right. a jive that they did. Jive, that was it, right. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I know the Pulp Fiction dance. It's a jive and, I, and it's... And I said, no, I don't think you do because that'll be a professional thing. It won't just be what was in this and there'll be a bit more to it in that because there's no way they on the professional dance show they'd have what they did in this. I actually had kind of high expectations of my Strictly dance. Even though you'd forewarned me, I was like, well, why would they have done it on Strictly if it's not an actual dance? This is what I was thinking in my head. It's like, well... It's hardly a dance at all. It is hardly a dance. It is a bit laughable, actually, the dance. And it's a bit of a weird dance because you can tell they both... Well, John Travolta feels really uncomfortable. You can see he's like stiff as a board. He's like not knowing what to do with himself. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, he's been like Saturday Night Fever. He knows how to dance. You know, he's been Danny Zuko. Mm, He's got moves and he's like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." (laughs) and it's like, it's so bizarre. He could have moved way better. She she had like all these quirky moves and pretended to be like a duck and doing the, is that the fish thing? Where you're like in a tank or something. So what was the duck thing? They were like, Doing this? Oh, right. Okay, I don't think there was that. I know it was the bit they doing doing the eye. They were? Thing. Oh, there was, yeah. Like, like shuffle, looking yeah. like a duck. Right, okay. I think. Like flapping the wing kind of things. And then they did the fish yeah, yeah. tank. And then the... Is that the eye, whatever that's called. Groove. Yeah. And then it's like, I couldn't really call it a twist contest. Like, when I'm thinking of a twist contest in my head... By the way, I'm a big Strictly fan. I just thought you guys need to know this beforehand before I slag off anybody's dancing. I love Strictly to the bits. So when twist contest, I'm thinking of like in the 50s. Yeah. Like in Greece, they have a twist Hmm. contest and you twist. You know, like your body, you twist. It's like... More than what they were doing. So I'd got in my head this dance from Strictly, which was from Jay and Aliona, and it is in 2015, and they got tens across the board. So I've got a high expectation for this dance, even though you tried to try squish it down, it didn't work. And then when I I was done, I was like, what what was that? Because in the Strictly one, it was a drive, so the legs were flicking and clicking and everything. It was amazing. I actually showed you after, didn't I? Yeah, you paused the film and said, right, this is what I was expecting. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, you were totally misguided there. So so they win the trophy. How and, they win and the I, trophy? And I, I don't know how they won the trophy, because, like, what were the other people doing? Were they just standing on the spot, jumping up and down or flopping around on the floor or something to win? I think they won uh, it out of laughableness, basically, the fact that or, it was different. Or she... Or he threatened them, saying, like, I know, Marcel Wallace, so you better give me the trophy. <laughs> or he's going to come kill you. It wouldn't surprise me if they did say that. Yeah. It's probably the more logical thing, other than everybody else just, like, absolutely terrible. But so then, obviously, go home with the trophy back at the house, drops her off. I think she has this weird dance moment while John Travolta goes into the toilet and has yeah. a talk to himself. She's having a dance. I don't know what the song is. Do you? Uh, it's called... Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Which I think, I think is a, I think it's, it's a Neil Diamond song. I'm not entirely sure, but it's like off the top of the other music they've been playing previously is pretty good as well, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All of like, it's quite good. You know, uh, Dusty Springfield and all that. 
kind of bobs along. Don't yeah. you to it. Yeah. It's got a good tune to soundtrack, it. Soundtrack, yeah. It, it would have a good soundtrack, definitely. So then once she's done, she comes up. She finds he's got the drugs that he's been to get before this very potent. So she's already been doing some drugs okay, be- she's... before, and then she did like a, a line, line yeah, beforehand, yeah, the and then yeah. did another one, and then stumbled across because for some reason she was wearing his coat. I'm guessing she was cold. Yeah, and she stumbled across his drugs, which I'm guessing were extra strong mm. drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sniffs that, and there's a very bad reaction to it. While John Travolta's still in the toilet saying, you're just going to have one drink and then you're going to go home. No funny business. Yeah. Kind of, and then he finds it like foaming at the mouth. Yeah, basically like an OD'd situation. So I've got to go get her. So drives frantically to the where he got the drugs from and say, I need to get, you know, she's ODing on me. Can I get a needle or something to bring her back to life or whatever? She's like, oof. I would not want to be in a situation Oh, no, like... I definitely... Well, I, I was saying to you, I'm like, well, what do you do in this situation? Obviously, I've not done anything like that before in my entire life. So I would not know what to do with somebody if they came to me with that situation. And it's like, well, it's it's scary where they have to put the needle and what... And, you know, it's like... I know you have to do it, but you, it's not like it's in a calm environment, is it, where you, it's just no. like you just have to do <laughs> yeah. what you've got to do just to try and rescue somebody's life. I guess that's with any illness anyways, but... Yeah, because he's like... A... Put a mar- magic marker where I'm supposed to pierce the skin. No, if I did that, I'd probably be like, oh, I missed. Yeah, or I put it in the red oh, marker the enough. wrong yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think as well, it's a situation of they can't really take her to the hospital. No, of course you can't. So that's the worst part, where at yeah. least, you know, if you've got something else wrong with you, at least you can go to hospital and someone professional can kind of fix you up. So it does actually revive her. Yeah, and then takes her back home then said like, like, it's not mention any of this ever happened type of thing just and they've got a really good relationship i think by the end of the night they have actually grown yeah and i'd like to probably have seen that relationship grow and develop a bit more but you don't don't. get that no so then it flits to bruce willis which was called butch yeah and he's basically he's just done his fight isn't hasn't he yes and he ends up killing a man that he did have the fight with Mm mm-hmm that wasn't what he was meant to do. No. He was meant to kind of lose at the end, wasn't he? But he some reason he's changed his mind. Knock him out to death. To death, yeah. Which I think is a bit brutal, really. Shouldn't be allowed to do that in boxing, I don't think. So basically but, then he gets into this taxi, doesn't he? And it takes him back to kind of apartment. Yeah. Which this this woman which is obviously, I don't know, girlfriend, and, uh, partner, yeah. something yeah. to him. Yeah. Which I didn't actually recognise what accent she had. I really am poor with accents, I know. Like, <laughs> I get Irish and Scottish mixed up, don't I? Yeah. And I've a feeling it's supposed to be like a French accent. I could be, I could be totally wrong. But... Well, initially, I thought she was like Japanese or something. I don't know why. At a glance, I thought she was like... Because she had short hair and it was like browny black hair. Right. And the way that she was looking, and she, she was quite small and petite, she's kind of quite naive. Yeah, she doesn't truly really grasp the situation she's in. There was one part which I thought was really, really bizarre. Mm. was when she was laid on the bed, say, laid on the bed mm. saying, I want a pot belly. Yeah. I'm thinking, I wouldn't want a pot belly. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking if I was as thin as you, I'd be quite happy and... What 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 line? I don't know what woman would say they'd want a pot belly. I'm pretty sure no woman in the right mind would say that. What man would? If if you had a choice, like let's say you're creating a sim or you're creating yourself, mm. I'm pretty sure everyone will go with a flat stomach. Yeah, exactly. That's, the, that's the dream, isn't it? Wouldn't create a pot belly. <laughs> no. Never ever once heard somebody say they'd want that. So when she's like, oh, I thought when she said that she wanted to be pregnant. Mm. That's what my pot. But she was classing as a pot belly. No, I think she genuinely meant having a bit of a stomach to her. But, but she she ate loads anyways. She like, may as well have done, yeah. She may well have had a pot belly. It's one of those situations where it's just not fair. So they kind of have like a kiss and a cuddle and a romantic scene going on. Yeah. Until he loses his self a little bit with the fact that this woman has risked her life. She's packed all his stuff for him. Mm-hmm. They're meant to be running away together, mm-hmm. and she forgets this watch. Ah, uh, yes, there was a bit before this, wasn't there? Where a bit back story about when he was younger, his, his 
his friend's father from the war came and gave him this heirloom, basically, of the, this golden watch that... Yeah, but he didn't sell it very well. He told, it sold it at the beginning and then basically said that his dad and him had had to shove it up... Had, his ass. Yeah, up his bottom. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, how did you have to get that out? What what other yeah. way can it come out, really? Yeah, he, well, yeah, I mean, you put it up there, it's going to come out the same way it came in, isn't it? But covered in something else. Yeah, so... Probably. I'd, I'd say. I hope that's been cleaned properly. Yeah. When you give that to me. So I was like, mm, I'm not really thinking that this watch, once you've given like this nine-year-old child saying I've shoved it on my bottom, here you go, is a great yeah. thing. Yeah. So then she doesn't seem to have packed the watch in the suitcase for whatever reason. Well, she's, she's had a lot to think of, hasn't she? All he's had to do is kill a man and then drive to wherever. Yeah, but he didn't mean to kill a man, did he? He, oh. he didn't even know because he said that in the cab ride there. He was like, oh, didn't realise I'd done him in that bad. Well... That's his own fault, isn't it? Yeah. But she she was left with all the organisation to get everything sorted. And she did get everything well, else that he needed. Yeah, but as you said, she she didn't know how great of importance this watch was to him. Because what he, his whole family have had to go through to have, have this watch. watch. So it's very precious to him. So it's, it's sentimental, isn't yeah. it? But if he hasn't highlighted that to her, then how is she meant to know? She's not a mind reader. Yeah, she, he, had, he did say pick up the watch, but it, you know, yeah. to me, if I but she forgot. was she was convinced that she had done it, but when he gets there, it's obviously not done because she was blatantly there. And a part of me thinks, well, why are you going back for the watch? I know it's sentimental, but at the end of the day, do you want to risk your life hmm. for this watch? Yeah. You've not got a chance, mate. When once you get there, you're going to get killed. Yeah, so he does go back into his apartment. And then he decides, oh, the coast is clear, I'll make some Pop-Tarts. And it's like, what are you doing? People are definitely looking for you. Why do you think it's an appropriate time to make some Pop-Tarts? Yeah, I remember there was one time I was watching this film and I was like, I really fancy a Pop-Tart. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Good advertising there, right? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't actually like the proper Pop-Tart, it was some American brand. Knock-off version. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, oh, I really fancy a Pop-Tart. Anyway. <laughs> so, but yeah, it turns out, there is somebody in the, the apartment because there's a big, massive gun just on the kitchen countertop. Which I still think if you were trying to kill somebody or you were in their apartment, mm. if you're going to the toilet, take your gun with yeah, you. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's the lesson that you've learned from this movie. Yes. Don't yeah. leave it lying around so someone else can pick it up and shoot you. Exactly, yeah. Which happens. Yeah. So So this is where it gets a bit confusing because then John Travolta dies. Yeah, he gets blown back. <laughs> pretty much this massive gun it's got like a silencer on it but like blooming neck I don't think there'd be much silencing from what much damage it did but no. anyway and as well the fact that then Bruce leaves his pop tarts to burn so then the smoke alarm starts beeping yeah I would have definitely like, gone and shut that off because then that's probably bringing attention. attention isn't it to everybody in the apartment block yeah, well, initially I didn't think it was Pop-Tarts that were doing it. I thought it was like the smoke of the gun or something that had caused it. No. So then he gets he actually gets away Scott. Free, or so he thinks. So he thinks. Yeah. Gets the gun in his car again, and then he, he comes across... He's waiting at the lights, and then Marcellus yes. Wallace's happens, just happens to be just walking, conveniently walking across there. the lights, and he kind of stops and goes... Uh, there's like a comic scene, I think it's been in the... Simpsons or something else as well, probably, I think. Simpsons, is it really? Yeah, it is, yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> right. And the following sequence sort of happens as well. In The Simpsons? Yes, in an episode. So it's sure, parod- bit... parodied. Not not as brutal as, as it gets, but um, but yeah, similar thing. So yeah, so you can walk across the lane, he looks, and he's like, oh, Jesus. And then like drives into him just to... He's trying to get away, isn't yeah. he? But he's... It doesn't succeed because he ends up driving into crashed, a wall. Yeah, going to crash into the car, which, yeah. So then, obviously, you've That's got injured. both yeah. of them injured, people saying, I'll be a witness for you, and then the other guy, like, look, trying yeah, to look yeah, after shooting at him and running after him. So it's kind of like a bit of a comedy scene, this is. Until Someone else doesn't get shot, though. <laughs> so it's not that funny. Until then, they kind of go into another shop. This is where it gets weird and wonderful for me. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I I didn't know that this would be happening. I didn't really expect... Yeah, it's just like a quite dark turn in a sense. Yeah. This hillbilly, gun-toting American 
I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was like, I've seen all these other different kinds of scenarios and this was not one that I picked up that was going to happen. So, basically, initially, I thought this guy was quite good in the hillbilly shop. Mm -hmm. Um, It was bringing a cop and they were going to take these two in to prison. That's what I thought was the case. Yeah. But it's not. No. It's not. It's like a little bit of a gangbang kind of thing. Yeah, basically, they end up, both of them get knocked out and then taken down to the basement and got a ball gag in the mouth and tied and up. Which one's going to basically get raped? That's what they're dip doing out. Yeah, of. yeah. So they're kind of making it light-hearted, but it's it's not. And obviously, it, Marcelo, the boss, gets picked and Bruce is able to untie himself. With this, I'd have just gone. I would have done. But the weird thing is about this slightly bit out there, they bring out this gimp character oh, from like the fucking forgot about him from the from the cellar or wherever he's sort of sleeping in so like a do they just den. keep him like a sex slave is that what yeah he is yeah a bit horrible isn't it so he's in there with Bruce but he doesn't really do all he kind of just sits really what, like a pet. guard dog really yeah. he doesn't really do anything devious or anything like that he's kind of just there watching him I don't really know what his purpose is apart <laughs> from what will these people yeah, will do, create you to do next I don't know make you be like as mild as a dog kind of thing hmm. you know yeah be so obedient yeah, once so. they've whacked it into you yeah so Bruce untangles himself and then knocks out the gimp which I don't know why he didn't unzip his mouth to go to the guys oh wait stop help guys this, this guy's going to beat me up oh yeah he could have done yeah, he didn't. He, has a zi- he had a zipper on his mouth. It wasn't like his hands were tied. No, but I think it's because he's a case of he's been so much beaten down that he's probably not even a human of a person, uh, really. Well, yeah, but I mean, so, logical in it, but, and then he just knocks him out. Which I don't know if he actually dies or not, really, because he's kind of <laughs> hung. Well, all. considering Bruce Willis' character knocks out another guy unintentionally, I think... He'd probably be weak enough to just a slight punch would probably be enough to knock Kill him unconscious and knock him unconscious at the very least. But so then he runs upstairs and thinks, "Right, I'm gonna go get away from it." But then it's like change of heart and think, "I'm gonna go save." I think he's thinking. Well, I'd hope if that was me, I'd wish that he'd come back for me mm-hmm. if they depict me. Yeah. Or is it a case of, hmm, if I save him, then my ass is clear and. I don't have to then be chased after him and be killed kind of thing. I'm yeah. not going to be on the run. So he does go back to save him? Yeah. There's a bat. And he's like, no. Chainsaw, nah, maybe. Like, <laughs> ran through him and he's like, oh, katana sword. Get from the shelf, <laughs> top shelf stuff. And goes down and cuts down this hillbilly guy and then... Then goes after... The cop, well, the, the other guy, um, Marcellus... Gets up, manages to get himself free after cop styles from doing his you know business with him. Yeah, and then he gets shot in the presume the groin area. Well deserved. Since well, yeah, yeah. He he's been using his groin for <laughs> yeah misconduct. Yeah. So then they're basically even now. Him and Bruce. Yeah, and so, so like, get out of town. Basically, I don't want to see you, but don't yeah. tell anybody about yeah, this again. Yeah, and I'm gonna burn this place down, basically. Yeah. So Bruce so, goes back to this thing, and this he gets Zed, who's the police guy's chopper. Yeah. Yeah. And even though bless her, she's already packed everything. You know, yeah. he's like, we don't have time. I'm sorry, I've killed yeah. your car. We can't take the suitcases. We've just got to go. Yeah. And she's like, are we in trouble? And she's worried because yeah. he's bleeding and like in a right state. Yeah. So she thinks he's injured, and she's mm-hmm. not really wanting to go on. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the last you see of that story. Yep, that's pretty much that story arc done. So then, obviously now you know that Vince is dead. Yeah, but now we've been back again to the other side of or the, the, the previous scene that we've seen, but in a sort of different perspective of the guy in the bathroom at the apartment where Jules, which is Samuel L. Jackson's character, <laughs> is giving his speech yeah. with the, from the Bible passage. So then once all the shootout is happening there, this other guy comes out from the bathroom and just like empties <laughs> empties his gun and somehow every single bullet misses. That um, is ridiculous. It's like he must have a shocking aim. aim. Oh. Because literally it went like from his shoulder 
Then two is like li- literally almost like, that, a tr- like tr- tr- and you can see <laughs> that it was like literally the mist. All the bolt holes are in the wall behind, and they're kind of like that's and quite then, funny. And then go blow him away. Yeah. Which is deservedly right too, because they did try to kill him. But then obviously, then Samuel Jackson's thinking it, it's a miracle, and that God has yeah redeemed him, and it's like we've well, just killed loads of people, and you've just thought you've witnessed a miracle for yourself. Why would he want to be saving mm. you when you've done all this? Don't know, but he seems to think that way. So then, yeah, they take the only other surviving person in the room. They're like, "Come on, we're gonna go." I don't know why they take him on, really. I think he's because he's a witness to the whole scenario. So it's like, thing. But we don't see him for much longer, do we? Because he's riding the car. And John... This is ridiculous. This is so. John Travolta is talking to him and pointing his gun, not in a malice way or anything like that. No, just like because you're like, oh, yeah, and holding it, but it's like obviously he's on. the fingers on the trigger for some reason and then accidentally <laughs> blows his head off. But that's apparently blamed Samuel Jackson because he went over a bump <laughs> Sorry, and yeah. pulled, ended up pulling the trigger. I'm thinking, well, that doesn't work that way. It's not like it just goes off, does it? You have to well, press it, can, it. Well, depends how finicky the barrel mm. is, but yeah, no, he, he definitely didn't go over a bump. He just said he just accidentally pressed it too hard or whatever. But why but, was he even pressing it in the first place? I don't know. So he kind of Blows mm. this poor guy's head off. And there's blood all inside the interior of the car. And literally driving in broad, broad daylight. daylight. And they now they've literally got the back again. seat covered in blood. They're literally the back window you can't even see out of. <laughs> yeah, again, some more great dialogue between them there. Yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. It's quite hot comical, isn't it? Yeah. So obviously now they're in a bad situation where they've got to sort out the car because they can't drive that yeah. legally around. And they have to get rid of the body and such. They go to an innocent friend of Samuel Jackson's to kind of cover up what they've done. Mm-hmm. So Samuel rings his boss man because obviously this guy's like tripping out saying if my wife comes home and sees this dead body in my garage then she's going to go eight. But yeah. I don't blame her, I think I would yeah. if... I had to point it out, it was Tarantino's this guy in the house. It's his garage that the car is in. <laughs> Which she did point out was like the same guy that was Mr. Brown in Reservoir Dogs. However, I was like, which was Mr. Brown again? Because I remember he wasn't in it for very long. Yeah. So it was nice to kind of get a bit more of a glimpse of this person, really, mm-hmm. yeah. within the movie. Yeah. So then, yeah, then Jules rings up Marcella saying, like, what are we going to do? And we call get the wolf to come in and sort out the situation. Which I straight away knew you were like, you said to me, do you know who the wolf is? And I was like, yeah. I could recognise it just by the voice, which was Mr. White. So there's like, how many characters from Reservoir Dogs? Oh, yeah, and there was also earlier on, there was, I pointed out, again, I'm, to be honest, I didn't actually know until I kind of, sorry, it was a very different outfit he was wearing, but um, Mr. Pink. Yeah. He was, in, he was one of the people in the... He's the yeah, in, yeah. yeah, Yeah. But anyway, a very small part. But yeah, no, it's it's not uncommon for a director to use the same so actors. in had films. about... Mr. White, you had Mr. Orange, Orange Mr. Pink, yeah. and then obviously Mr. Mr. Brown. So there's four of them from the same film yeah. there in one. Yeah. So we get Winston Wolf come in. And Mr. Wolf basically is your fixer-upper. He basically gets you out of all the rubbish that you've been in. Yeah. Cleans you all up and makes you look like you've not done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So he comes in and tells Samuel Jackson and John Travolta what to do. Yeah. How to clean the blood off the seats and then mm-hmm. use these covers to cover it up and basically where to dispose the body etc yeah and then puts them in some shorts and a t-shirt which they look like the geekiest two pair that's what they say and they look like a couple of dogs <laughs> yeah but it's his clothes so, it's, so that's why they were wearing the clothes when they were going to see marcellus with the briefcase earlier on but later on in the yeah. narrative of how things go but yeah so then obviously once they're being fixed up they then drive to get some food. Yeah. Which then linking back with the first scene of the... Um, the film, yeah. With the couple. Yeah. Only so they're in, the, yeah. <laughs> they're in the same restaurant as them too. Because it's like, well, how else is it going to tie back? Yeah. Because you literally haven't seen any of these characters yeah. all the way through the movie. So being in a diner, again, which looks mm-hmm. relatively similar... Yeah. It's a case of, yeah, this might be where it ties all back mm-hmm. in. So obviously Samuel Jackson's saying about 
wanting to kind of retire in a so to speak with yeah, the line of job he's in yeah because of the miracle that he's just witnessed, witnessed. Yeah. so he's wanting to be a good guy now because he's god's giving him another chance so mm-hmm. to speak yeah so john Travolta ends up going to the toilet yeah at which point it follows with the i love you honey bunny this is a robbery thing which i don't know for some reason she the way that she delivers her lines for the don't you anybody move whatever but she says it differently for some reason i don't know why that is why that isn't the same piece of dialogue that she says in from the very beginning i don't know why that was it was obviously a different take yeah why why is that changed but anyway that's you pointed that out. I yeah. didn't notice yeah. that, but I think probably if we rewatched it again, yeah, yeah, no, it's because times where it's like just, just uh, kind of annoys me a little bit, but yeah, because actually they've caused more work for themselves, really, in a sense. Yeah, kind of. But I'm wondering how tricky it would have been back then to it was well, on proper film. Maybe, but I mean, you know, it. I don't see what it's the not like. Was. Just you thinking, oh well, we'll just drop that bit of audio no. there and might could have, been... have done ADR, you know, like fix the, I don't know done a different shot but make make it sound like she was saying the same bit of audio mm, yeah but maybe it's not that it's not that tricky but anyway mm. so then at this point they're all going you know going around like empty wallets in the bags and all that stuff and they come across Jules who's not letting this slide <laughs> quite so easily so it's like well he don't he does give up his wallet he does he's oh yeah he does yeah he put it with that but yeah but then the guy's greedy and wants to know what's in the briefcase and the MacGuffin of <laughs> which he doesn't give lightly he doesn't no. actually give it no. until basically he's got a gun aimed him, at him because so he, he kind of like opens the briefcase to subdue him like oh, what's that again and kind of takes the opportunity to pull him in back. and yeah, trying to get like, the gun off him yeah and then obviously this um, honey bunny goes apeshit <laughs> and he's like ah, and has a fit yeah and he's like, I'm gonna put a shoot the gun at you, and yeah. I'm gonna like kill a you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But obviously, like he Samuel Jackson's saying, well, if you hurt me, then I'm gonna hurt him, and then yeah. you're not gonna want that either, and I don't want to be hurt. Uh-huh. So let's all just be rational and calm. Yeah. So there's a good bit of dialogue there as well. Yeah. With the conversations, and obviously he's wanting to be a good guy, and um, so he does say, "Get my wallet out," and he give kind of pays him to leave the briefcase alone because it's not his. Yeah. Take my money. Yeah. And go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, John Travolta does come out and kind of mess it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, makes this a bit more awkward, but yeah. For him, but yeah, they all they all get out unscathed pretty much, and that's more or less that. And then go out with briefcase and film ends leaving the restaurant. I'm just looking at you like, what have I watched? (laughs) He was dead, and then we're ending with him still being alive, and I know he's dead. Yeah, obviously. I'm aware that that, that happened afterwards. Mm. Because obviously, like you said, they were wearing their clothes when the initially Bruce's yeah. character kind of got introduced. Yeah. So they've done the job. Yeah. And completed it. And then yeah. he's been on another job to go after yeah. Bruce. I know. It's, um, I'm guessing but... Samuel had retired because he yeah, wasn't yeah, there. He was... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like you said, he wasn't he wasn't involved in this anymore. So he's obviously been hired to... John Travolta had been hired to go and suss him out the way obviously this is the way it is portrayed for the whole feature film so it's if it was put in the order that's supposed to be chronologically be in i don't feel like it would be as effective now obviously that's because of that's how everybody sees the film mm. i don't know how well it would work you know having it be and because it would end with bruce willis and his girlfriend riding off on the bike and that's that's it i don't know if that would be as an effective the way it hmm. ends i guess not no. i don't know there's there's something about it but again i think it's it did take me a while to puzzle the pieces together like because once we finished the movie you kind of straight away looked at me for a response and i was like looking at you like um I, I don't actually know what to say and i was like i'm gonna have to have a couple of like have some time to reflect and ponder mm-hmm. on this because it's not so straightforward that you can just kind of voice your opinion straight away for me yeah. anyways personally i didn't think so and i did think it was pretty pretty tricky to figure out initially what was the right order so i looked over it in the way that it's, it's technically supposed to be put together so if we're going by absolute very first part of the story would be the introduction to 
Butch's as a little boy given the gold watch. Mm-hmm. As the very, very first thing. I know it's only a very minor thing, but it's kind of like that's it's relevant, one, though, it's isn't absolutely it? relevant to the thing. So then it would be Vince and Jules driving to the apartment to get the briefcase for Marcellus. They're leaving the apartment with that guy who gets shot in the head accidentally. And there's all Mr. Wolf and Vincent Friend, you know, and then disposing of the body in the car, all that stuff going on. And then they go to the diner where there's the robbery going on. And then they go take the case to Marcellus where Bruce is talking with him at that point in this club or whatever. And then there's that evening, Bruce is having the fight. But at the same time, this is where Mia and Vincent are going to Jackrabbit Slims for the meal and the dance and all that stuff. <laughs> so that's happening on the same night. Then the following day, obviously, Bruce has gone back to the motel. And Vince has got a new job. It intended, like, you're, I'm going to hire you to go and kill this guy who's walked out on me, you know, for yeah. the fight. He's cost me all this thing. And that's that. And then, so, yeah, so we, that's where Vince dies in the apartment bathroom. And then... The rest of it being, you know, Bruce and Marcellus get caught in that hillbilly funny business and then yeah. kill them, that thing, and then he goes off on the bike with his girlfriend. So that's I just much. don't really feel like... That's why I think Bruce is more of the main character, I think, within this, because he has, like, the happy ending and he has... It's more revolved around his story in the end. Right. If you get where I'm coming from. And actually, in the ending, mm. it's it's more linked around him. In this chronological ending, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. It's weirdly, I don't find if there's anything that I love the most about this film, it's Vincent and Jules thing. I, I agree. Because the, if it was just a film centred completely around them, I would be really happy. I would be absolutely fine with that because of the way that the chemistry, the bounce off each other and all that I stuff. I think is the really... Bruce part was actually the most boring part of the film, but I do feel like the majority of it was. Yeah, that's what I mean. Bruce, that's... which. Maybe that's why it's sort of in the middle, so to speak. And then you've got up until that bit, you know, obviously where the Marcellus and him in the basement thing, that's the most interesting part of his story. Story, Yeah. Yeah. It is a very interesting film and it is one that you need to kind of pay attention to with the flitting back and forth. Um, But I do agree with you, weirdly, it works better because it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I think the story that you've just read wouldn't, keep you on your toes and you wouldn't be as intrigued yeah. to know what's going on because initially I'm like hey, what is going I actually do not have a clue what I'm watching here uh-huh. so we're flitting and flitting and flitting and I'm like I don't even know any of the characters I don't yeah. know who the main characters I don't know what the, mm. the story or the plot is yeah. so it was tricky initially but once you kind of get into it and you get the dance with Vince and Mia it, it does kind of loosen up and it's starting to get quite good and mm-hmm. the dialogue is pretty on form yeah Right, so I think we've talked long enough. Now we'll give go straight to the scoring. Oh, being very, very firm there, yeah. Mr Parks. Yeah, I think I don't know how much long we've been yabbering on, but uh, quite a while, so... I'd say I'd probably need to re-watch it again, because I think it is one of those that... Oh, yeah, it's definitely would... a rewatchable. There's a lot of... Because I feel like I might have missed quite a bit Yeah. with not understanding truly why we were flipping yeah. back and forth. But it's a very popular film. Everybody seems to I get would... from it. Probably wouldn't score it mega high like a nine, but I wouldn't low score it. I'd probably say it'd be an eight. Okay. That's more for the dialogue and the humour and the John Travolta and Samuel Jackson and the Mia scene. Okay. Yeah, Um, those characters. They were my kind of favourite parts of the film. Yeah. You could cut the Bruce Willis part out for me and it wouldn't lose too much. Especially that other weird scene that could... (laughs) <laughs> with Bruce and Marcellus that could definitely be cut out for my liking but it's kind of like the bad guys but they're still humorous and lovable and I like that so you're going with eight, eight you say. Yeah. Right, okay. and being very very decisive so this would almost be a ten but I think what does lay it down as I've just said it about is the middle part with Bruce <laughs> Willis character is a bit that doesn't interest me as much as the rest of it like I say if it was mostly Jules and Vincent throughout the entire storyline, that would be almost like 10 and 10 perfect for me. I'd be so <laughs> happy with that going through, all the way through. But alas, it isn't. So for me, it's a nine. 
That's quite highly scored, yeah. that is, for you. Yeah. But there's a lot of rewatchability with it in yeah, there most is. aspects. Just, just for the dialogue itself, it's just... It is golden, yeah. it really yeah. isn't. Like, you don't really get that dialogue nowadays. It is quite boring, whereas actually it's quite fast-lipped, but... yeah. You you intrigued. But it's very quotable. There's a lot of the stuff, isn't there? So yeah, yeah, and a lot of memorable scenes and stuff. So it's kind of what it's just a good staple of a solid film that you do want to watch again, rather than just be like, "Yes, naff. I don't want to see that ever again." Do you want to just refer back to the front cover of the actual DVD or yeah. Blu-ray or whatever you've got? Yeah. Which actually is of Mia. Yeah. Which is quite strange because actually I thought she had a bigger role. Mm-hmm. in this but actually her part isn't that big either so i did think that was a bit peculiar but i'm guessing it's just for the publicity side of a pretty girl being on the front cover of yeah i guess so i don't i haven't really looked into why that is the case of the her being on the cover but yeah it does look a bit more appealing than just two guys pointing the gun at someone off off shot yeah for bar or something but i think it's just backwards again but that's what kind of the film is to me it's yeah, yeah. a good backwards it, it film interprets you expectations of what you expect to happen yeah in that sense yeah i didn't expect any of that to happen no but you enjoyed it overall yeah yeah it keeps you on your toes and once you kind of got used to the flitting and understanding what's going kind of on i i think it was pretty much into the second part of the film like halfway through and then kind of getting used to Mm -hmm. right that bit ended yeah and then this is coming in, yeah. and then it was more enjoyable whereas initially i was like yeah i'm a bit confused well it did give you sort of like title cards and um like when sections were happening, so yeah. that sort of helps they get along. But yeah, so you you you'd probably watch it again at some point down I, the line to ref, sort of refresh on what's you've what you definitely. sort of know and now get more involved in what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what you need to do. But definitely, has rewatchable rewatchable yeah. value to it. Okay. Because it's one of those where I'll have definitely missed something mm-hmm. trying to jigsaw the pieces <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. I really, really enjoyed it. I know it's one of those iconic films that most people will yeah, have yeah, seen. Yeah, it's very iconic, yeah. But it's obviously just missed my radar. Just further down the line, we'll, we'll try and get through the other Tarantino films because he's really one of my favourite directors. I have actually enjoyed it just for the dialogue for both Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. And these certain scenes where the creativity of um, the camera angles. Mm-hmm, yep. It, you can see that there's iconic shots and just certain angles the way that they do things it was just completely different to what you'd normally watch it's nothing samey about it it's hard to beat so thank you for listening to what we've had to say hope you've enjoyed what we've had to say and hopefully we might encourage you to watch some of the films that we have reviewed apart from Borat <laughs> don't listen to her <laughs> that's the only one that I would say don't waste your time on. So you can check us out on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, wherever else you may get podcasts from. And of course we're also on Twitter and Instagram under the handle SP Film Viewers. As well as our Facebook. Yes, we've recently launched that as well, so find us on there too. So thank you once again and we'll speak to you next time. Thank you for listening and speak to you next time. Take care. Yep, take care. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.